NBA Free Agency 2021. Let the chaos begin. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. The time has come, the season is over, the champions have been crowned, the parade has been paraded around the city of Milwaukee. <laughs> is that? And it is time, I don't give a shit, Paul, it is time for, uh, oh, and the draft has happened, uh, free agency, 2021, NBA style. I'm not over paraded. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I like it. So, today, like three and a half hours ago, was the official start of free agency for the NBA. Yeah, we should note, right now is August 2nd, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Correct. It started at 5 p.m. Central Time. Yep. And I'm sure there will be more transactions as we do this show. This happened last time we did this show last year. So. Which, is, which is kind of fun. Yeah, no, I this like is, it. This is off the cuff. Even though it's not a live show, that's okay. It's live to <laughs> us. It's live to us, and that's really what matters. So, Paul has a nice, uh, nice website here pulled up. Shout out to spotrack.com for having like a really nice um, user interface and having it be clear to see, you know, information on who's signed where and the amount. So shout out to spotrack.com. Shout out to spotrack.com. For not having a shitty ass fucking website. Also, I would just like to say this website that we're praising, it's a fucking table. That's all it is. Every other website's like, how do I make this like load asynchronously when I try to scroll down the page? Right. That's because spotrack.com understands simplicity simple is good absolutely yep the columns are wide enough you can actually read everything and they just is rows and columns that's literally it we're and just we're giving like, a free plug into spotrack.com yeah. I, I just want to say simple a lot of times is good and spotrack is simple and good so shout out yeah thank you spotrack.com it's, it's, it's something that like yeah. riles me up inside i hate it well, I hate when other people don't do that. But it's nice because you can, like, especially when you're trying to, like, digest a lot of information, you can just see it. And, like, you're not having, yeah, you're not having to click through some bullshit. You're not having, it's it's nice. Yeah. So you're not, like, trying to read it from the left side and then, like, there's an ad playing on the right side. All right. Enough of that. Let's get into it. We're going to get, we're going to start. I have this sorted by the average salary. So some of these deals are for three years, some for four, a few for five. But we're going to start with the people getting the most average salary per year. So not necessarily the most overall dollars, but the most per year. We're going to start at the top, Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. Each going to make 30, 30 million mil a year. So Chris Paul got a four-year deal, and he's currently 36. Kyle Lowry got a three-year deal. He's currently 35. So basically, so, and they're both, so let's talk about the deals for a second. Chris Paul is re-upping with Phoenix. So Phoenix has stability at the point guard position. They're going to have to figure out how to pay both. Well, Devin Booker. No, they're already paying Devin Booker. They're already. Yep. They're already. And, well, they're going to have to figure out how to pay DeAndre Ayton. So I'm assuming Eight. Mikhail Bridges will go at some point. He uh, might. He might be going at some point. So, um, yeah, Chris Paul is. Uh, Chris Paul's going to be rocking it till he's an old man, probably retiring. Um, also, so I mean, while we're on Phoenix, they yeah. did bring back campaign. Yeah, shout out to Campaign, and shout out to Campaign for getting, like, a decent deal. Yeah, let me pull that up quick. Uh, He got 19 mil total for three years, which is 6.3 mil a year. And honestly, it's still, like, a a 
very like a solid deal for Phoenix. And in fact, it's, I think it's kind of a steal getting him for six point three mil. I'm not sure if he was going to get more than that anywhere else. I mean, he's a backup point guard. He is not a starting point guard, but he's a very nice backup. And I think six, like around no, six mil, is a good. No, but when we look at some other players who are getting a lot more per year, I think we'll start to see a trend that that's a pretty that's damn true. But, good I, deal. but I think that that might just be overpays for other people. But regardless, it's really nice Still. for Phoenix. It's nice for campaign. Like like we said, the dude was out of the league, and now he got 19 mil guaranteed. If I'm a GM that signs campaign to a, to six point three a year, I'm feeling good about myself. Oh yeah, that's but you're a, up. That's but that's that nice same deal. GM also signed a 36 year old Chris Paul. Yeah. To a four year, 120 million dollar. He did be just 40. help them get to the finals and also help them lose the finals. He's gonna but, be 40. Yeah. When that ends. Yep. You you cannot convince me that paying a 40 year old Chris Paul 30 million dollars a year. Is a good idea. I'm sure the conventional wisdom is run it back as best you can and hope for the best, right? But that's just... I, I don't... I'm not... I Actually, Paul, I agree with you. I'm just providing the counter-argument to what yes. you're saying. I, I would have been okay with it if it was 30 mil a year for two years. And then you say, okay, then you're going to be 38. You're going you're gonna to be in decline. Like, your game isn't based on athleticism, but you're still going to be declining. And you're not going to be worth 30 million at that point. We'll reassign you for like thirty mil over two years at that point, you know. Right. Paying honestly, paying a forty year old Chris Paul as are you know, one of your top paid players might take you out of title contention. That's kind of saying these next two years are it. Yeah, I was gonna say that too, Paul. I think I think you're kind of in in the realm of of what's gonna happen. At least what I see happening is that Phoenix Suns now have a short window because they're most likely not going to be winning a championship with a retooled roster around a 40-year-old Chris Paul. It's either that or they end up trading Chris Paul in two years and they attach it's Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges because they can't pay him. Right. To a team that's rebuilding, they just care about Mikhail Bridges and whatever first-round pick they attach to it and they just take on that contract. Right. He might be a salary dump in two years. But... As a rent, like it's good for next year. I don't know after that. So Kyle Lowry, the other guy who got thirty mil a year, he's a very good point guard. He didn't play a lot last year. He was a little hurt. Uh, he was with Toronto. He's doing a sign and trade and going to Miami. And so Miami is really loading up now. Miami is also gunning and going for it because Kyle Lowry's thirty five, so he's going to be thirty eight when the contract ends. Again, that's not great. I don't love paying a thirty eight year old Kyle Lowry. I hate saying this because I'm like, 38's not that far away. And I'm like, yep, out of your physical peak. <laughs> well, and also to add on with that, I mean, so it's not official yet, but Miami is expected to uh, come to a, an agreement with Jimmy Butler for a, a max deal. And Jimmy Butler is in his early 30s. It's, yeah, I mean, that's that's all but done, right? So Jimmy, I know, but what I'm saying is, so now you're paying a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry for three years. You're going to pay Jimmy Butler a fuck ton of money for five years, it sounds like. And he's 32. Yeah, so I mean, you're paying him until he's 37. Yep. And oh, no. yes, yeah, so, I mean their their window is now. Yeah. Because in in three years, when Jimmy Butler is thirty five, Kyle Lowry's thirty eight, Bam's gonna be in his prime. Bam will be twenty seven in three years. But I mean, the average age of those players is not great. Wanna go back to those contracts? Let's just since we're on the heat, we'll talk about Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Let's uh let's find him. 
So Duncan Robinson's a very good three-point shooter. Kind of came out of nowhere from Miami two years ago, really. He got paid 90 mil over five years, which I he's 27. I love the five years. Like, that is his prime. He's getting locked up through his prime for 18 mil a year. I'm actually okay with that contract. I don't love it, actually. I think he's getting paid about mm, three to five mil a year too much, honestly. Like, and I may not be as high on Duncan Robinson as other people are. He's a good player, but my concern with a five-year deal with him, I agree with you, right? Like, it could be he's entering his prime, yep. so it's a great deal. And I may look like an idiot in a few years, which doesn't take much anyway, so that's <laughs> fine. But my concern with Duncan Robinson is, it's kind of like the campaign thing, right? Where, like, Duncan Robinson was a, was a G-leaguer and couldn't make an NBA roster, basically. And he finally found his thing a couple years ago. Who's to say that's going to last that long? He's not as proven as other players who are maybe in their third contract coming into a nice deal. So that would be my biggest well, right. concern. And I mean, that's, that's why he's only making 18 and not something higher. Because, honestly, he is an elite three-point shooter. Yeah, he and is. Those players get paid. That's true. And I, mean, I guess he, there is more value in that and, now. And he's serviceable on defense. Like if you're a serviceable three and D, you're gonna get pretty. You're gonna get paid. I don't know. I, I would have been happier with like 15 mil a year. I guess 18 seems a little steep for me as a, if I were like if I were the GM. But yeah, I'm also but not. It, so I mean, on the flip side of that, like we're saying, Miami's loading up, right? They can't really afford to lose a Duncan Robinson for three mil a year because they're going for it. like when when they signed up to that contract, they knew that they were getting Kyle Lowry. And so you're like, okay, we have Bam, we have Lowry, we have Butler. We We're also getting P.J. Tucker. We need more three-point shooting. We need Duncan Robinson. Yeah, and they, they also so. just – they're getting P.J. Tucker as well. I don't know what the yeah. deal is, but they're getting P.J. Tucker. I don't think it's so, been announced yet. But. So that'll that'll be their starting five then. Uh, let's see, P.J. Tucker's okay. a two-year for 15, which – Seven and a half mil for PJ Tucker, but he's thirty six. So again, I mean, you yeah, I actually don't love. I honestly don't love that deal. I mean, I he has a lot of value still as a player, but I don't love that deal. My, Miami's kind of going all in on them, and them and Phoenix are really kind of going all in on like the bad contracts, which are okay in the next year yeah. or two, and then you are kind of declining in value. Do you want to roll back up, and we'll see where we left off at the top. So next would be this will be an easy one. Um, so Mike Conley is re-signing with the Utah Jazz for a three-year, seventy-two-and-a-half-ish million-dollar deal. So he'll be making twenty-four mil um, average over the three years. So, so how how do you feel about this? Because I know you love Mike Conley. Oh, I do like Mike Conley, and I I also like Mike Conley. But... Um, so he's thirty-three. I actually. This deal to me makes a lot more sense than the Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry deals. And he's not as flashy of a name, but if you've paid attention to basketball in the past 15 years, 13 years, whatever, how long he's been in the league. <laughs> um, Mike well, Conley is is an impact player. He's incredibly efficient. He's a great three-point shooter. Well, you remember um, the All-Star voting? When I was saying Mike Conley's been the better player this year than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And you were like, well, Mitchell has more impact. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, he was... He was in that conversation, which yeah, so is like, so really good. Mike Conley is is a great three-point shooter. He he is, in he's, a Chris Paul way, he's great at controlling the pace of the game. He's good um, on defense. He, yep, he's, he's, he's a really good defender. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's a good general. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Mike Con I mean, I think 20 – look, it's Utah. So, I also look at the team and, like, the market. I mean, fucking Utah's not getting anybody special. So, that's no, a I mean, good they, deal. Yeah. I think it's a good no, deal because he'll he'll be thirty six at the end of it. And you you're right about Utah. I mean that kind of matters because kind of like Phoenix, right? Like Phoenix got Chris Paul through a trade. They got Devin Booker right. through a draft. 
you know, Utah got their good players through a draft. They got Mike Conley through a trade. Well, and here's the other thing, Paul. Think about this. Mike Conley will be as old as Chris Paul is now when that contract, when that contract is up. So, like, I think it's a good deal. I mean, 33, right, you know, because, especially for point guard, is still fine. Because I think they're similar players. Like, Mike Conley has a mid-range. He likes to pull up. He's got a, he's got a really good floater game. He'll shoot the three, control the offense. Like, I think they're comparable. I mean, Chris Paul is still better than Mike Conley, but they're comparable. But at this point, the gap is not big. No, because Chris Paul's been in decline because age. Yeah. So, I like the deal, actually. I don't, especially with all the factors considered, I, I like the deal. Right, and it, I mean, your point about Utah, again, is that this is how they get players. They trade for him, and then they say, hey, you like it here. You've already moved your family here. We'll offer you the same money as anywhere else. Just Also, Utah was the overall number one seed this year. Yeah, and by the way, we were good. Like, it's not like it's – I mean, I think for them it's a run it back. The, we'll, we'll have to, like, touch on this briefly if we can kind of be quick with the players because, like, the landscape of, of the NBA is going to be really interesting this year because you're going to have several teams, especially in the West, who are like – but I think in the East as well. I, I, it's weird we're seeing this kind of there there are several teams who are like we Why, let's just run it back yeah we feel pretty good about our chances let's run it back or like we've reloaded and we're ready to win well like you said utah was the number one overall seed they're like, why would we change that? And Phoenix made it to the finals. So Phoenix like, made it to the finals. They're like, okay, let's try that again. You know, like like we said in our finals recap, they beat Milwaukee in a now, lot of categories. Go to Phoenix because they actually just made an interesting signing. I saw. I don't know if it's updated there. Um, that I see. that Pull I really that I really really like a lot. And I don't see it on there. Um, let me pull it up here. Oh, they're apparently acquiring Landry Shamit. Actually, I kind of like that. Shamit's been on, what, four teams in four years now? So they, for $4 million, are getting a JaVale McGee. And I love that for the Suns. Oh, is the backup big? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Because that was one thing that was, like, very apparent in the finals. They had a very, very, very slim front line. Like, Dario Sarge got that ACL injury, and it's like, okay, shit. Uh, Jay yeah, Crowder's mean, playing the five? Yeah, I mean, Sarge is a power forward, too. Right. No, so, I mean, backup center was a weak point because there was, what was it, game three when uh, Aiton got in foul trouble? Game three or four? Yeah, and Kaminsky was playing a lot of the minutes. Kam- Kaminsky actually played all right. He's okay, but you... Kaminsky played all right. I think but I mean, McGee's good. McGee's a good fit. Yes. And he's a good locker room guy. I like yes. that. And for $4 million, I think that's pretty solid. I think that, yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah. So, anyway. It's not on there yet, but... Yeah, and I, I know you just touched on it too, but yeah, I, I like the Landry Shamit for Javon Carter deal actually a lot. Yeah, I mean, Shamit's a good player. Yeah, it, I think... it is weird he gets traded around so much. It's two years in a row. It's, I think, three years in a row. Where was he before LA? Well, he was, no, he was on the Clippers. Then he went to Philly? Bro- no, Brooklyn. I think it was just to Brooklyn, and then he's coming to... No, Shaman's yes. been on... I think he's been on four teams. Oh, okay. Let's see if I can pull this up. Oh, it is his Clippers in Brooklyn. Huh, interesting. All right, well, fuck Matt. Matt's wrong, somehow. Except <laughs> him, right. <laughs> so now we get into the territory <laughs> where these are the players who are making close to the proven, established, really good player tier. And they're not as proven. And these, yeah. ca- these contracts... 
some of these contracts could either look like steals in three years or they could be absolute busts in three years. And sometimes it's tough to know. Teams are just kind of gambling that they're going to be steals. So let's get into the next player by average salary. Mr. Lonzo Ball, who was on the New Orleans Pelicans, is going to Chicago as part of a sign-and-trade. Chicago's given him a four-year, 85-mil deal, which is around 21 and change a year. So it was rumored that he was going to get about four years, 80. He ended up with four for 85. He started out in the league kind of shaky. Yeah. Really showed a good three-point shot last yes. year. So Chicago's taking the bet. That three-point shot is real. And he's that, a great, he's a really good defender. He's a really good facilitator. But if that shot is shaky or falls off a little yeah, bit, it's because it's only been one year. I mean, one year is, it's a period of time. But if you've been a professional basketball player now four years, and you're like, okay, I've had one good year, that's that's a little shaky. I'm not sure I'd want to give 20 mil, but they're taking that bet. They like what they see, and they think that he's going to fit with Levine. I do like the fit with Levine. Yeah. Because Levine's getting his money, and he needs a defensive-minded wing. So I think him and Levine will be good together. I think it kind of makes sense. But that's a contract where if he kind of forgets how to shoot the three ball again it could or he has trouble finishing around the rim as he's had in the past it could not be that good of a contract in three four years i do feel like this out of most of the contracts on here has like the highest risk reward kind of thing there there is quite a bit of upside to it yeah i mean we could be looking at this in two years and be like holy shit he's way underpaid lonzo still has a lot of potential i mean he's only 23 yeah. So he has a lot of upside, and the fact that, that he has that improved true. every year is, is good, and especially this past year. Yeah, I mean, in three years, his peak would be like, he's all NBA defense. you know. To, and then he's getting another max, or, the, or well, a max. And then he'll, yeah, if, he, if he's like all NBA defense, and he's shooting 38 to 40% from three, that's a really good player. Yeah. Like, that's not your best player on a championship team, but that, if that's your third best player on a championship team, you're like, okay, like, we can win with that guy. Yeah. So, we'll see. You're right. Or you could just forget how to shoot, forget how to finish, just still be good on defense, and yep, kind of turn into, like, a Chris Dunn-type player. I don't so. think it'll be that bad, but, yeah, that's possible. <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite. I was trying to think of a a zero-ND yeah. type of player. Uh, the next person on the list, Jarrett Allen. Cleveland traded for him. It was kind of rumored they were going to re-sign him. And it was rumored he was going to get a four-year for 100 mil. He got a five-year for 100 mil. So 20 mil a year. I know you got feelings on this one. I just, Jarrett Allen is a nice player. He's a center, and there is a premium for big men. Although it's funny because I feel like we say there's a premium for everything. So <laughs> There's a premium for being good <laughs> at your position. That's true. <laughs> Jared Allen's a good center, but Jared Allen's not a great center, and and he has a he's he's great around the rim. Yep. But like he has a very limited game. You know where he's got game is his hair. He's got his hair's great. He's yeah. got all NBA hair. But like he, he's limited, and I just I don't know. I he is limited. Big men, big men are, t and he's not a great defender. He's like okay, but he's not a great defender. No, I mean he's fine. Yeah, he's fine, but, but he's he, not great. He's not feared in the same tier as, you know, the Gobert's and someone like that. I mean, look, it's Cleveland, so I get it. Like, they're not going to find anybody better. I totally understand. But like, yeah. and I mean, he's he's pretty agile. Like, he moves pretty well. Like, 
like a Brooke Lopez, right, who has sure. more of an offensive game, doesn't move that well on defense. So he's yeah, he's more limited there. I mean, I don't I don't hate the deal, but I definitely don't like it. I I feel like, but again, I also understand it. So it's I, one of those where it's like. I get why they did it. I just still don't love it because it's – I don't I, – I agree with you. I think there's multiple teams that would be happy to pay Jared Allen $20 mil a year. Like, I think if Cleveland didn't offer that deal, someone else would have offered him five for 100. Like, that seems fine, and teams can convince themselves into it. I'm glad it's not my team that yes, did it. Yes, exactly. But I understand why multiple teams would do that. Like, I mean, I keep telling you the Timberwolves kind of need that five, right? Like – Trade for Clint Capella type of thing. Right. And Jared Allen would be that. He's that true five. Like, Cat would be the four next to him. And that's not even a question. But you're probably glad that Minnie isn't paying Jared Allen 20 mil a year. All right. I got I got some breaking spicy news here. Oh, hot off the oven. Hit me. Norman Powell. I like Norman. Me too. I don't know about this deal. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Five-year, $90 million deal to return to Portland. Five for 90. Okay. That's, what, 17 million a year? Somewhere in there, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I don't know why I'm so, like, waffly on a lot of these deals. Maybe I would be just a very conservative GM. Hire me, Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do something. Because, yeah, Minnie's just like, wait, we have a GM? We can do things? I I actually kind of like that. I don't – I, I definitely, don't, don't, I I like definitely don't hate it. Also, I think part of the problem, too, is, like, Portland is in a very weird spot because of Damian Lillard. They don't know what's going to happen with him. The Chauncey Billups hire was, like, very rough and is continuing. I think it's just been a rough integration. That, is, that has been really rough so, for a number of reasons. I mean, so so look, from that from that perspective, Norman Powell's – and I – look, Paul and I have talked about Norman Powell's great. I love Norman Powell. That's a lot of money. But, I mean, he's probably worth it well, so, around it. So let's talk about two other players we're going to get to here pretty soon. Yeah. Let's start with Gary Trent Jr., who was with Toronto. Uh, they traded for him yeah. from Portland. Yeah. So, I mean, this this was a Norman Powell for Gary Trent Jr. trade, essentially. True, with that's Toronto. a good point. And so he just got paid three years, 54 mil, for an average of 18 a year. Yeah, I hate that deal. You said Norman Powell got, he got, what was it? Uh, five for 90. So, yeah, five I mean, for 90. From, from that perspective, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, th- I would rather have Norman Powell at five for 90 than Gary Trent for three for 54. And again, there's just some teams that sign people to bad deals. I mean, I think that deal's shit. Honestly, I think, <laughs> I, I think that's a bad deal. Oh, we have some. Uh, no, I just need oh, you to just change it. Need to sort that. Yeah, I was just I was refreshing to see. I, the I don't up. like that deal. At all. I I like Gary Trent Jr. I thought yeah, that he, I don't like him that much. I thought they showed promise. Well, like, it kind of makes sense why Portland traded him. They must have known something about his market that his market was going to be in the fifteen to eighteen type of range that players or teams were going to pay him that. So if I mean if they did their research and they figured that out, because yeah. I don't, I don't love Gary Trent Jr. for 18 mil a year. No. Especially on a three-year deal. Like, he's 22. I mean, he'll still improve. <laughs> so let's talk about the players in that range. Let's start with Evan Fournier. So, um, yep, so oh, uh, God. I was going to bring up Will Barton. I think Will Barton's the best comp to Norman Powell. They're kind of lengthy guards, good on yes. defense, can shoot the three, can drive a little bit. They're very similar players, in my opinion. So Will Barton just signed to re-sign with Denver. 
a two for 32 for 16 mil a year, which I think makes a lot of sense for yeah. both sides. Yep. He's 30, so, I mean, they're getting him through 32. It's a lot of guaranteed money for him. I mean, the average salary is about the same. To me, they're comparable players. If that's the going rate, I like locking Norman Powell up for five years. I think that's yeah. – That, deal, that deal's – it's kind of becoming better when so, you compare it to everyone else. I was going to say, when you when you compare it, you're talking me into it more for sure. And again, I like Norman Powell. But yeah, so when yeah, you, when you I, compare I like Powell, it, I like it better. And I like Barton. Like, I think, you I think the Barton me, Paul, is, that's fair. I think it's a fair deal. So yeah, The Gary Trent Jr. deal is fucking terrible. But yeah, let's talk about Fournier for a sec. So yeah, let's go to Fournier. So Fournier, the Boston traded, I think it was two second rounders yeah. to Orlando, Orlando for him, yeah. who just basically dumped him. They were like, all right. Here's our garbage. Just have We're it. We're blowing it up, baby. Blowing it up for two second rounders, which is woo. And Boston apparently just didn't want him back. And so the New York Knicks giving him some money. They gave him four years, 78 mil, which is shat, or a tad under <laughs> 20 mil a year. And I mean, this is a player who the most he got at the trade deadline. And again, it was for a half season was two seconds. He didn't really do a lot. He's he's a good player. I think I don't like the deal. But here's the deal. Denver also or Denver. Here's the deal. New York is in a weird position because they are a big market, but like New York because the Knicks have sucked for so fucking long, they have to pay a premium for like decent players. Unlike other teams who will who will get a a bargain on good players. And it's weird because it's the Knicks. It used to be they thought they would just get everyone and people wanted to play there. Yeah. But now they're, I mean, it's not that they're untouchable because no team is untouchable, but you almost have to pay out a little more if you're the Knicks. That's, and that's what I'm saying. They have to pay a premium for like decent players where like, you know, LeBron's on the Lakers and people are like, oh, can I please sign with you for the fucking veteran minimum, please? Which, which is dumb, but we'll get there. Uh, let's also talk Tim Hardaway Jr. He's in the same range. With- so... He's 29, signed yeah. a four-year, $74 million deer for million a year deal for 18 and a half a year. I think that's a great deal. I think it's a great deal, too. And I saw something on Twitter that I loved, and you'll like this, too, where someone basically said, I'm really happy for Tim Hardaway Jr. because he signed a big deal four years ago, and two years ago it looked like a really fucking bad deal yeah. because he was playing like shit, and he played his way – Back into another big deal for four years. So, good for him. Um, and, and he is a streaky player. But it used to be... I mean, it used to be kind of like a year-to-year streak. Now it's just a game-to-game streak. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm, happy, for, I'm happy for Hardaway Jr. I think, it's, I think that's great. Well, let's you know? see. I mean, he started on the Knicks, got traded to Atlanta. Resigned with the Knicks, got traded to Dallas. I think resigned with the Knicks again. And then got traded to Dallas. It, no, he was with the Knicks, and they traded him. This got messed up. But he's he's been traded a few times, and each time it's kind of been like, well, that experiment didn't work. Right. And then he just teams talk himself into it. I, I think he's a good player. He is streaky, but I think 18.5 for what you get. He was the second best player on the Mavs for a lot of the season. Dude, if he played the Hawks for 82 games, he would be worth fucking oh. $45 million. Dude. <laughs> He'd be in the top 10 all time if he played the Hawks. <laughs> Tim Hardaway game. Jr. destroys the Hawks. <laughs> Dude, so Evan Fournier also destroys the oh, Hawks. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, the the magic looked like, I mean, the Golden State Warriors of past years when they played the Hawks. 
like the magic would be garbage and then Vucevic and Fournier would just come out and light them up they shoot like 150 percent from three yeah that's, somehow it's kind of like how it is when the wolves play the um the utah jazz like the wolves always yeah like they're yeah. terrible and they beat the yeah. shit out of the jazz. the jazz were like 18 and three and two of their three losses were to the wolves yep. something like that and the wolves had like <laughs> five wins on this season <laughs> well the wolves beat them twice at home and i don't think any other opponent had done even close to that <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> what? sometimes you just kind of have that Achilles heel. There's for just a some team, teams so that speak. you don't play well against. Yeah. yeah, and that changes over time. But no, yeah. I just remember Evan Fournier was. So like, if the Hawks gave Evan Fournier the deal, it'd be it'd be because of like PTSD. They'd right. be like, oh my god, this guy is just amazing. So we talked about Duncan Robinson, Gary Trent Jr., Will Barton. So let's go down to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose. So we we're, we were talking about the Knicks. We yeah. talked about them with Evan Fournier. How they kind of have to pay a little bit of a premium for players now. And their coach, Tom Thibodeau, loves Derrick Rose. They've been on three teams together, which yep. is kind of crazy for a player-coach combo. Three different teams together. He's 32, had an injury history, which is very well documented. Very good player when healthy. Yeah. Uh, he got a three-year, $43 million deal, which is 14 and a third a year. So I love this deal. I think it's a good deal. Here's why I love this deal. First of all, I think at this point, you're, you're paying Derrick Rose... For what he's done, not inherently what he's gonna do, but he was their best player in some of the playoff games. Like I, I mean, more more than Julius Randle. He was, was their best player in the playoffs, the one series they played. Yeah, he was the he was. I mean, Julius Randle shit the bed. He was the only player. He was who was keeping them close in games. I mean, Derrick Rose was that is, that is actually true. Yeah. I mean, there were no, several times right. when we were watching the Hawks series, you're and we're right. like, shit, is Derrick Rose gonna score fifty? I mean, he was on a mission. So. He, Shout out to Derrick Rose. Yeah, you're I love right. Derrick Rose. I mean, he's a great player. Fuck the Knicks, but like, I love Derrick Rose, and I'm glad he's getting some money at this point in his career. I, I, I mean, I'm really happy for him. He's, a, he's, if, he seems like a good dude. I, I think if you had I mean, said five years ago that he was getting a three for forty three, yeah, he would have taken that then. And now he's older, and it's, I mean, getting it now. So yeah, that's that's nice. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm so. happy. Shout out Derrick Rose. Um, Doug McDermott signed with the San Antonio Spurs, three years, forty-two million dollars. That equals out to about fourteen million a year. You know, the Spurs have a lot of cap space. I don't. I'm pretty indifferent on the deal. Doug McDermott's I, a great shooter. Fourteen mil seems a little bit steep for him, but I think it seems fine. I, but I don't hate I'm, it. I'm actually okay with this deal. I mean, someone like Gary Trent got 18. Will Barton got 16. You know, I, I'm just saying, like... Mc, McDermott's a good offensive player. A lot of these, and it's funny because we'll get, we'll get down. It's going to take us a while if we go. We'll have to just kind of run through stuff quick when we get down to all the deals. But my Paul already knows my favorite deal um, of the offseason so far, and it's way down there. Um, <laughs> okay, so then Kelly Olenek uh, signed with Detroit for three years, 37 mil, uh, 12.3 a year. I think that's garbage. So Detroit's weird because they traded away to Charlotte their starting center, Miles Plumlee. Or Mason Plumlee. Miles Plumlee's out of the league. Mason Plumlee. And then they signed a more expensive Kelly Olynyk, but Detroit went young. I mean, they just they had the first overall pick. They have multiple first round picks from last year who look like they're gonna be really good players. Yeah. So they're they're gearing up for like five years from now. You know, that that's their timeline. I'm not sure why Kelly Olenek. I guess they just kind of needed to spend money. But then why did they trade away Mason Plumlee? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Olenek brings shooting. Plumlee doesn't bring shooting. But Plumlee brings defense, and Olenek doesn't bring defense. So, I don't know. I guess it's money for money. 
Yeah. And it's, I mean, Kelly Olenek overall, three for 37, isn't a terrible deal. I don't like it. I mean, it's not terrible, it's just, but it's not good. I don't mind it for the right team. It just doesn't make sense in this situation. I would agree with you definitely on that. Uh, let's also talk Devontae Graham. He went from Charlotte to New Orleans in a sign-and-trade. He's getting four for 47, which is a, a tad under 12 mil a year. I'm not the biggest fan of Devontae Graham, to be honest. He's a good player. He's kind of a streaky shooter. He's, I don't know, he just doesn't scare me. I'm not the biggest fan of Devontae Graham either, but I love this deal because I think 11, I mean, getting him under 12 mil a year, that's kind of a steal. Again, when you compare it to like Gary Trent Jr. getting 18 mil a year, I like the deal. I I mean, I like Gary Trent Jr. better. I don't really like either of these deals, to be honest. I think Devontae Graham should be more in the campaign. Sort oh, of. I don't think so. I think he's above him, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, I do. Okay. More more consistently a little bit. I mean, he is still streaky, but more consistently above I, I brought him up, so this is a shout-out campaign, which you've done so many times in this pod. Shout-out campaign. Campaign re-signed with Phoenix, three years, 19 mil. He got his bag. I'm happy for happy everyone. Happy for him. Um, okay, so next on the list is Nerlens Noel, re-signed with the Knicks, three for 32, about 10.6 a year. I'm indifferent on it again. I feel like I keep saying this, but I'm indifferent on it. I think it's a fine deal. It's not. Yeah, I mean they, they have Mitchell. Size. They have Mitchell Robinson, yeah. who was hurt all last year, who's their starting center. So they're kind of signing Noel as like a backup insurance so, policy. I think ten mil a year is fine for a, fine. a backup center who can start. Uh, Reggie Bullock went to Dallas from New York, three years, thirty point five mil, ten a year. I want to say I like this, but. Reggie Bullock was... I'm not a fan of Reggie Bullock. He, he was an asshole, He's an in, that, asshole. in that New York-Atlanta series. And it, it didn't need to be. He was like, oh, I'm going to be the villain in this series. And there was, there was no point. I I don't know. I don't... The he's, deal, he's a fine player. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, fuck Reggie Bullock. I can't wait to get to a deal that I but... actually like think are good. Um, okay, so Alec Burks signed again with New York. Again, we're talking about the Knicks a lot. Three for 30, 10 mil a year. I don't love it. I mean, he played okay for them, but I don't like that deal. Because he's 30, he's 30 years old, signed a three-year deal for $10 mil a year. I just feel like he's not as impactful as other players who are getting around that much. That's fine. Let's let's talk P.J. Tucker. We're going to skip a few names here. I think we did, briefly. We talked on him. Oh, he went to Miami, yeah, they, seven and he, a half. He's 36, so that deal runs until he's 38. Yeah. That can be iffy. That could be iffy. That could be a... That could be a steal. That could be a catastrophe. Yep. We'll, f- we'll know in two years' time. Um, I, I want to go down to a deal that I absolutely love. Jeff Green to Denver, two years, $10 million. I didn't even see that before. That was Denver. That's I great. love that deal. Does Jeff Green was super underrated for Brooklyn last year. I he love was. That, that deal. That's I actually, love that deal. That's Five mil a year, that's, that's a, a hell of a deal. That's a loss for Brooklyn. Um, and I was just checking it up. They they kept Jermichael Green. They did keep Jermichael Green. <laughs> Jermichael Green and Jeff Green are kind of similar players, and I just realized their last names both Green. I love it. The Green team. Which tells me that Millsap's probably out. Millsap, can he return home? Oh, God. I would love it. Bring, bring Dad back home. <laughs> yeah. Millsap back to Atlanta actually kind of makes some sense. They could use a little front court depth, maybe even the trade Gallo, bring Millsap back. I would love that. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I just, all right. 
brief time out while I pick up this beer I spilled. Oh, shit. Beer for like two weeks, but thankfully I like beer, so it works out. Yeah, hopefully the uh, the computer it spilled onto likes beer also. Let's hope. <laughs> If my computer gets weird, I'll just assume it's drunk. There you go. Hey. <laughs> All right, Matt. There is one free agent signing we've been kind of saving for the end. It's your favorite. So I, I just think it's I think it's the best value, honestly, out of any free agent signing so far. Uh, Bobby Portis is going back to the Bucks. A two-year, $9 million deal. With the impact he had on that championship team, that is a fucking steal. Four and a half million a year, fucking steal. I'm honestly surprised he didn't get a two-year deal for like nine mil a year. You put Bobby Portis at like 12 mil a year, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, he's 26, so he's entering his prime. I mean, he's not even old. I'm surprised he didn't get... A longer deal honestly he wanted to go back to milwaukee and run it back like good for him but hopefully i i'm I, hoping in two years he gets a bigger deal because i would like to see him make more money yeah i wonder if maybe even the second year of that deal is a player option you know like he runs it back um let's say that something kind of flames out in milwaukee it's not the same and then he's able to just decline that player option he'll be 27 go get a bigger deal I'm not sure. Hopefully for him it is, though, because he was really good on that finals team. I mean, there were times where he was making the three. He was getting the defensive stop. He was covering a lot of ground. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, you also liked the Javel McGee signing for Phoenix. It's one year, five mil. And, I mean, if that's your going rate for a backup big who's playable, because that was sort of a problem for Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's a good deal. I, th- I think that's a really good deal. All right, let's talk about a few, a few teams uh, just kind of in – broad strokes yes we need to talk lakers as much as we hate the lakers um they traded and we're really gonna fucking hate the lakers this year because boy howdy because they re-signed dwight howard for the third time which is kind of great kind of not great but they also traded more impactfully more it has more impact for russell westbrook who we have some mixed feelings on. Um, Westbrook's a very good player. He's been a little more limited in what he does in the last few years. He's a very good rebounder, which the Lakers have not been a great rebounding team, so he brings that. Um, He's great in transition, but he doesn't get to the rim a lot, at least in the last year. He does not bring outside shooting right now. Statistically, LeBron James is the best shooter on the team from three. And the whole thing you're supposed to do is load up LeBron with other shooters. LeBron isn't the shooter. LeBron's supposed to be the one in the paint. Everyone else is shooting around him. So, not sure how that fit's going to be. Because you don't really want Russ driving and kicking to LeBron on the wing. Like, I think that's a win for opposing teams. That's going to be interesting. I almost think the idea more, I've kind of heard this, is that they have LeBron more as the point guard. And have him initiate offense to Russ and AD. And basically they just, like, score a fuck ton of points in the paint but a problem with russ is that i mean there's clips of him when he's off ball he just kind of stands there i I don't disagree and and that's historical that's across multiple teams you know if he's 
if the play is called and he's supposed to be a decoy, A, teams don't care because he's not that good of a three-point shooter. If, if a possession ends with a Russell Westbrook three, the defense is happy. Absolutely. If they're like, well, LeBron James kicked it out of the post to the worst three-point shooter in the NBA currently, that's a win. I mean, you have to think LeBron has some sort of a plan because he is like the most cerebral smartest player in the nba right now basically so you have to think he he feels like like he knows how to use russell westbrook maybe he like brainwashed westbrook into being a better shooter and decision maker yeah and cutting off ball because if westbrook cuts off ball yes that's that's so much it's a much better version of westbrook than we've seen yeah it i mean honestly to me that's ideal because lebron wants the ball in his hands but we just we have we've never seen that yeah yeah you're right and, I mean, he's, what, 32, something like that? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, it's a weird fit. And Paul said this perfectly, I think, when the when the trade was announced. The Lakers are just about big names. Like, the, I mean, fit matters they, so much, and they, they don't really seem to care as much about that. Well, I mean, they also, they already won their championship, right? Like, you win one championship, you're great. You're trying to run it back. Lakers have been spoiled because they've had multiple times in their history where they've had back-to-backs or even back-to-back-to-backs long periods of dominance they're kind of spoiled by that but honestly they already won one and that's really good for a team but yeah i think they just kind of saw the name yeah that's how it feels you to know me. like they saw the name they saw that he scored a whole bunch of triple dubs and they're like wow this guy is so good it's what a casual fan would do you know like oh i've heard of that guy yeah he's like all NBA, right? He scored triple doubles. He's great. And then he's on your team and you're kind of like, oh, he's not as I imagined he was. Well, and that's the weird thing is that Westbrook, I mean, it's it's always been a fit thing. And, and honestly, it's funny, but I think the best fit he ever had on a team was with Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant's just great for everyone <laughs> i understand but like th- those were good teams he was they, on really good teams in okc they, early they were on. they were really good teams and he was really good on those teams and look so not to dwell too much on the lakers they're obviously title contenders as because they, they won two years ago and they've re- retained lebron james and anthony davis who are arguably two top 10 players they both had injury concerns last year 80s had injury concerns his whole career lebron james is getting older had an injury last year and now that's three players who they're paying most of their money to. I mean, it's kind of like Brooklyn. You saw what happened in Brooklyn when one of their players was hurt. Well, really, two. I mean, James Harden didn't really play. Right. But that's it's putting a lot of, maybe not pressure is the right word, but it's, it's a lot of chips, right? You're sort of going all in. You're like, these players are going to be healthy the entire playoffs, and we have a really good shot at winning a title. If so, any one of these three players gets hurt, right. We're fucked. Yeah, you're 100% right. Would you bring up, would you go to NBA.com and bring up the Eastern and Western Conference for me? So kind of to piggyback off of what Paul was saying, there seemed to me, there seemed to me to be a lot of teams who were going all in. Like, a lot of teams who were going all in. Um, I think there will teams, there'll be teams who make more moves, but like, so let's we're in the Easter Conference. 76ers have kind of gone all in, but like they they're, could make some other moves. They're still up in the air with the yeah. whole Ben Simmons, right? Which they're asking for a lot for Ben Simmons. Yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting if he's on the team at the start of the season. I think it's a bad. I I think here's my prediction: he will not be 
because I don't know how he's. First of all, I don't know how, he's a his agent is Rich Paul. Yo, I don't know how Rich Paul lets him be on that team to start the season. Number one, do you, do you think there's a scenario like James Harden in Houston last year where he just kind of doesn't really show up for the first few weeks of the season? I think it's tough because I, I think kind, Ben Simmons already has kind I think, of a holdout situation. Ah, it's a bad look. It is a bad look, so, but I mean, so is so is his play in the Atlanta series. <laughs> but but I think I think they'll trade him. But Daryl Moore is going to have to bring down his ass. He has price. to bring down the ass. So price. just so you just for everybody's information, Daryl Morey, the GM of present basketball operations, whatever he is for the Sixers, he is asking or he wants in a perfect world four first round picks, four future firsts. And an all-star caliber player. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. That is way no. too steep that's, of a price. That's what he got for James Harden. And the funny thing is, they were going to trade James Harden to Philly for Ben Simmons and more. It wasn't just Simmons for Harden straight up. It was Simmons and more for James Harden. And now he's like, oh, well, I should be able to get the same return for Simmons as I did Harden. No, A, a year ago, you you actively agreed that they were not the same value that your player at the time james harden was higher value exactly second of all simmons value is lower now than it was a year ago like a lot lower a lot lower and james harden is a top 15 player depending on who you ask i think it would be 5 10 15 depending on who you ask yeah for sure top 15 player in the league ben simmons is not simmons is not he's maybe top 25 but maybe not right now Maybe not right now. His, his value is his value is very deflated right exactly. now. Exactly. So no, he's asking way too much. I think he knows he's asking too much. It seems like yeah, but it seems like he's not bringing his price down. No, yeah. I mean I, like I don't know. I don't know either. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But anyway, so teams that are going all in, you have the Nets who have obviously gone all in. The Milwaukee Bucks, who obviously went all in this past year, and it paid off. They, they won, won the title. Yep. 10, you know, out of, 10 out of 10 would do it again. The The Knicks are starting to seeming to go all in to try and build a roster that can at least compete decently-ish. Yeah, I have to give a lot of caveats to that. Yeah, I, um, I, don't, I don't love it. Oh, I, I'm not saying it's a good all in, but like they're spending a lot of money. True. Um, Miami is absolutely going all in. Miami is for sure going all in. So you have like three teams for sure that are going all in the East: Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami. Yep, and, then, and, the, and the 76ers are trying to go all in. They because, will, I believe, Joel be in that category. Joel yeah. Embiid has three really good years left. I mean, it basically seems like if Damian Lillard becomes available, Philly's going to push hard to get him. I mean, a lot of teams will, but I think Philly will be one of the top. I, yeah, I think that makes some sense. And, I mean, Atlanta was up there in the East last year. They made it to the conference finals. They, I think they'll still be up there this year. I, I don't. I, I think they will. They, they haven't made the flashy moves like the Heat have made, you know, doing the sign-and-trade for Kyle Lowry and re-signing Duncan Robinson. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, the Hawks have, the Heat don't. Depth. They do. And the Heat's not going to have a lot of depth. So let's, let's talk about the West now. The Jazz obviously had the number one seed overall in the league. And so that's part of the reason why they brought Mike Conley back. And for them, it is kind of an all-in situation in a way. I mean, they have Rudy Gobert and they have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell with those max contracts. Joe, Ingle, Joe Ingles is a 
essential part of that team. Right. And he's getting a little bit older too. Yep. And they're bringing in they're bringing in um, Mike Conley, bringing Mike Conley back for that that and they, pretty big deal. So they I mean, traded away Derek Favors, who was okay, but didn't really do a lot for that team. Right. Um, yeah, I mean. They're going. I mean, they still have Jordan Clarkson under contract too. As much as you can go all in in Salt Lake City, they're going all in. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix you, you obviously signing uh, Chris, Chris Paul, Paul. That deal. Yeah, they're going all in yeah. right now. Right now, they they want a repeat of last year, and they're going to say we're banking on the fact that statistically we were better than the Bucks in a lot of key categories. You play it again, we we win in a parallel universe. Right. That's what they're banking on. That's all in the Nuggets. I like what they've done. I mean, they haven't really done a lot, but the Jeff Green signing, like you said, is nice. Yes. I mean, it's not super flash. They don't have a ton of space to work with. But, like, re-signing Will Barton was nice. Re-signing Will Barton was key. He's a good player. Yeah. And, honestly, there's a, there's another parallel universe where Jamal Murray is healthy. If he doesn't tear his ACL, yeah. the Nuggets win a title. I mean, that's not like a far-off. And far he's off, hopefully going to be back gonna be back at playoffs? That's not like a far-off parallel universe either. So... Well, and Will Barton also wasn't healthy most of last year. Yeah, that is that is true. So, I like what they did, which is basically we don't need to do a lot. We just need to keep the pieces that we know work. Signed a signed a piece on a good deal. They're, I mean, they're they're as all yeah, in as they Jeff can Green be. Jeff Green deal is nice. They're as all in as they can be. Yeah, the Clippers. I haven't seen any news about Kawhi. No, he hasn't made a decision. It sounds like he's listening to other places, but I assume he'll resign. I, I assume I assume he'll resign. Yep, he's apparently been involved in like their draft workouts and their pick and stuff. So it feels like he's going to resign. Um, but I mean, he just had ACL surgery, so yeah. he's he might be out the whole year. It's possible. So Clippers are probably not all in for next year, but they will be the year after. That's just kind of how the injury works. The Mavs, they re-signed Hardway Jr. They re-signed Boban, I think. Yeah, they're the Mavs. They're the Mavs. They'll be whatever. The Blazers are going to... Who knows? Maybe trade Lillard? Yeah. And then the Lakers, we already touched on, signing Westbrook. Lakers are all in, all in, all in. They're all in. The Warriors are the other team to kind of touch on. Because Warriors want to be all in. And they will be. I think they're waiting for some... Other shoes to drop. They're waiting for some Clay Thompson news, which yeah. is which has been kept under wraps. That's the key news. Yeah, if Clay Thompson is back and he's back like Kevin Durant came back, you know, and looking as good as ever, the Warriors are in. I mean, Clay hasn't played in two years. Yeah, but I mean, like the KD injury, right? Oh, for sure. He was hurt. It took him a little while to come back, but like, if Clay's bad for the first three months, whatever. You know, get your legs under you. Get used to the routine of the NBA life again. If he's ready, come, you know, after the All-Star break and is falling after that, the Warriors are in. Yeah. You have Curry, Thompson. You still have Draymond Green. Maybe Wiseman, Wiggins is your starting five. Maybe Looney's your starter and Wiseman's off the bench. That is a good team. That is a tough team. But... If Thompson's hurt, maybe they try to trade the Wiseman-Wiggins package and do something there. They'll be they'll be interesting. Steph it, Curry for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, God. No, I mean, just a lot of their, what they do, you know, even in free agency or at the trade deadline, depends on knowledge we don't have insight to. Of course. That's about it for the West. Yeah, the other teams are just kind of, 
treading water at this point, trying to gear up for a future run or just kind of sitting back and holding tight and being like, all right, we're the Timberwolves and we'll just do nothing. Yep. <laughs> so um, from the East, is there is there one team that you're like, is there a team that you want to shout out what they've done or, or a team you're interested in what they're doing? I mean, Beal is the big piece in the East. So the Wizards have Bradley Beal, who is a really good shooting guard. And by all accounts, it seems like he wants to stay there, even though the team around him is kind of crumbling. Yes. I mean, they had Russell Westbrook, who was fine. You know, we already hit on him a lot. Then they traded him for some other pieces, which are also fine. It wasn't like an amazing return. Um, You know, Bradley Beal isn't like, oh my God, Kyle Kuzma and, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Now I'll make the playoffs. Right. They have Bertans, who's good, but also, I mean, is still Davis Bertans. And it'd be it's really interesting to me if they're going to try to still make the playoffs, if they think that their team is playoff capable and what their end goal is, because they're not a title contender by any means. Or if they think they can get a big package for Beal and they trade Beal. Uh, they have Rui Hachimura, who's a good young player. I mean, they'll, have, they'll re-sign him at some point. Yeah, my prediction is that Beal gets traded. Even if he wants to stay in Washington, I'm not sure it's advantageous for Washington to keep him. And, and by all accounts, he wants to stay there. But I wouldn't blame it if the team's kind of had a heart. If he and the Wizards had a heart to heart and were like, look, it's probably better for both of us if we break up. You know, we're going to get a lot in return for you. You're going to be happier if we trade you to a contender or a just better team than us where you have a better shot at competing. And they might just amicably part ways. Yeah. That that is an interesting team, just because if they start off really hot, they might just kind of push their luck and be like, "All right, let's go." Sure. You know, we're we're twenty and eight or whatever it would be, and oh yeah, we're in the the fifth seed right now. You know, a third of the way through the season, and we got this. Or they might start out eight and twenty and be like, "All right, who wants Beal? Give us your offers." Um, probably the other team to watch in the Eastern Conference. The Pacers, they always try to make the playoffs, but they have a lot of pieces that are tradable. They lost Doug McDermott, who is a, I mean, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's not like, it's not like, oh my God, Doug McDermott's the secret to the championship, but I mean, they still lost him. I haven't seen much in the way of signings. They're getting Karis LeVert back, but they have multiple tradable pieces. I know you've talked a lot off the pod to me about Miles Turner going to the Timberwolves and how a trade there would work. Or somewhere. Yep, or somewhere. I yeah, mean, Sabonis I, uh, might be untouchable, but Malcolm Brogdon might be tradable. Aaron Holiday would be a decent, even backup point guard somewhere. Justin Holiday would be fine. There's been a lot of rumblings about, um, oh, I forget his name. Who went supernova in the bubble? Oh, TJ Warren? TJ Warren. Yeah. Yeah, because he like refused to play for their coach last year. There was stuff about that, and they have a new coach now. and It's... S- they always push for the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think they'll make it this year. I don't think Washington will make the playoffs this year. The team that I think... So, the two teams that I'm going to be interested to see in the East are the Charlotte Hornets. The The Hornets have been active. I give them I give them props for being active. Yeah. and But the team I think it's... I'm, this might be a hot take. Chicago Bulls will be in the playoffs this year. I think that's a fine take. Yeah. I think so. that's a fine take. I mean, you're getting more Lonzo Ball and less Kobe White, and that's that's just a net upgrade. Absolutely. 
But no, I mean, the reason I brought out the Pacers is just whether they kind of decide to blow it all up. It's It's been surprising that they haven't been more active. So here's the thing about the Pacers that kind of is interesting to me, too, kind of piggybacking off what you said, but, like, they've never really blown it up. They've no, always they, had, like, decent... For, like, they, a decade, they've had, they, like, they've decent ref- teams. They've refused to blow it up. I think it's time. I think it's time. Because they have a lot of tradable pieces. It's just whether the ownership will let them do that. I think it's time to blow it up, but get it, draft capital, and do it that way. And it's you're talking a five- to seven-year process, probably, but, like... I wonder how many of these other players had offers from the Pacers behind the scenes that we'll never know about. And chose to go somewhere else because I wouldn't really blame them. You know, if you're getting the same offer from the Pacers and Denver or the Suns or somewhere like that, you choose those teams. 100%. So that's what's interesting. It's just sort of like the Hornets have been super active, which is why you brought them up. The Pacers haven't. Right. And they both ended the season around the same. I mean, a game apart last year in standings. You got to think the Hornets are a better team right now than the Pacers. Basically, yeah. they've been making moves. Well, the Hornets are also a better team than the Wizards, I think, right now. And then the Bulls, I think, are probably better than all of those teams. Yeah. So and the Celtics are a question mark too, ish. But I mean, they still have Tatum and Brown. But but it it makes sense for the Pacers to look around and say we can get a lot back for a lot of these players. Maybe we should do that. Yep. So we'll see. Any any teams in the West that you want to? Shout out, talk about. Uh, shout out, talk about. Shout out, talk so, about. I, I, I'll, I'm gonna kind of reiterate Denver. Um, look, if they get Jamal Murray back in the playoffs, I, I mean, I like Denver a lot. That is a very good team. It's they're they're starting to remind me a little bit of the Bucks from a few years ago, where every year we're like, Denver can do it. The Bucks can do it this year. In like two years from now, I'm going to get sick of saying Denver can do it, and then they're going to win the title. I also believe a lot more Michael Malone is their coach than I do Mike Budenholzer. He's the better Mike. True. Um, be like Mike. He's a way better coach. I want to be like... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Nuggets are... The Nuggets are... Yeah. Uh, with what they've done, keeping Will Barton, keeping Jermichael Green, Addy. signing Jeff Green... Yep. Hopefully getting Jamal Murray back like that. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. gets another year older, a little bit wiser in the NBA. Aaron Gordon is going to have a full year with the Nuggets. I just like the Nuggets. And I, I think at some point they will break through and make the finals in the next three years, I would I would imagine. I would I would think so, too. Because here's the other thing. They play better basketball. I mean, I talent-wise, to me, they're the top in the West. I mean, I think if you're just looking at a raw, raw basketball talent – and, like, the composition of the team together, I think they make the most sense, right? Like, they have a prolific center like we've never seen before, the way yeah, he does the an, offense. an MVP. They have an incredible guard in Jamal Murray who can shoot the fucking lights out of the building. Yeah. They have a very, very good, not quite all-NBA caliber, but probably could be, like, a second or third team, Aaron Gordon, um, defender. Monte Morris is, like, a huge piece. He's, he's really good off the bench, yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is really good. Um, obviously, uh, re-signing Will Barton, he'll be healthy this year. Jeff Green, again, I can't say that enough. That deal is nice. That's a good signing. Absolutely. Um, so, that's a really good team. I want to talk about the Spurs for a second. Yeah. Because the Spurs have been 
pretty active, but also kind of inactive in some ways. So they're, the big name on the Spurs is DeMar DeRozan, who's a 32-year-old shooting guard, was with Toronto. They got him as part of the Kawhi deal. And there's mixed feelings around the league about DeMar DeRozan because he shoots mid-ranges, not really threes as much. He's a little limited on defense, but he's still a good, productive player. And it's not clear if San Antonio is going to resign him or not. San Antonio wants to win because Popovich, I still believe this, wants the all-time record and then he's going to quit. The all-time coaching wins record. And he can get in about two years, I think it was, when we did it midseason. Right. So they want to win. Um, they signed Doug McDermott. They signed Zach Collins to a three-year, $22 million. Oh, trash. Which, he's been hurt a lot, so they're kind of banking on him. And, uh, I mean, they they have some good players, but it's just kind of unclear what they're going to do. They could trade away some of their good players, like uh, Keldon Johnson, a Deontay Murray, try to get some stuff back. I think they're just going to hang on to everyone. And try to win now. Just win as many games as they can. Even if they're not a title contender. I think they're just going for regular season wins. They just want to win like 40 to 50 in the regular season. And not care about the playoffs. Yes. But it's just. It's interesting how they're setting their team up. They're basically just trying to sign. Good players in like the. 15 to 20 million year range. And just say like. Alright we have it. We have a bunch of really good players. Not really a superstar. And we're just going to win a bunch of games like that and not be a threat. So it, it's going to be interesting if they end up signing trading DeRozan somewhere, if he just walks and they don't get anything back for him. But that's what's kind of interesting to me is just do they try to go for a star or do they trade away their pretty good pieces, but no one's really a one or two on a championship team? What do you do? I mean, I would tend to agree with you. I think they're going to try and win. Just in the regular season, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's sort of a weird mandate, right? It's like, win in the regular season, don't care about the playoffs. Normally, teams care about winning in the regular season to get to the playoffs. So, it'll it'll be interesting. I think in two years, especially if Pop retires, it'll be more curious if they just fire sale everyone they're signing now. And they just kind of tank at that point. If they like their pieces enough to re-sign them at that point. Because a lot of the players are signing now for, like, Doug McDermott and Zach Collins are both on three-year deals. They might be saying, all right, Pop's got a max of three years left. That That's what we're signing for. At that point, blow it up. Well, and even if he's only there for two more years, you're talking about a Doug McDermott with an expiring contract of 14 mil. It's looking pretty good to some teams in a couple of years. That That's a great point, too. Yeah. You know, and Deontay Murray would be on expiring at that point, too, I think. Or a uh, Derek White. You could blow it up at that point. But it's, it's interesting how they're structuring their team. Just It's a lot of players in that like 14 to 20 mil range. Very strange. I get it. But it's just interesting. They, they may get some calls that they pick up the phone for and they're like, uh, do we trade this player? Right. So that's, that's what I want to touch on. Anyone else that we should talk about from the West? I don't think so, man. I think we've covered it pretty well. Covered it all. All right. Well, the beer's covered. The beer's covered everything. (laughs) So uh, that's free agency so far. There's nothing else I really have to add. I haven't seen anything breaking too much. So uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I know we said last time we'll do our top ten list this time, but free agency, so... Free agency happened. Um, I'm going on vacay, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And so that, that means solo pod for the next two weeks. Hell no. Just me. It's what the people want. So we only have, what, eight listeners so far? We'll have, like, two? I mean, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next pod we do the top ten all time. All right, just me. Mess is going to be on vacation and be like, uh... There's a new basketballers episode, and this is Paul's top ten. <laughs> I already know who your number one would be if I let you if I let you take the reins. Hakeem Olajuwon, yep. num- number one yep. all time. Hakeem Olajuwon, number two. Hakeem Olajuwon, <laughs> number three. <laughs> Michael Jordan to get number four, and then probably Hakeem at number five again. Yeah. So, anyway, that's all we have. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Thanks for listening to Basketballers. Ah. <sighs>